Coming to you from the southwestern corner of Manitoba, sharing fresh perspectives from real educators. Tune in as teachers relate their stories of professional learning, classroom practice, and the challenges they've overcome to teach like a boss. Welcome to Teach Like a Boss, the professional learning podcast for teachers by teachers. Thank you very much for tuning in today. It's great to have you all listening along with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and rate us on your podcast app and share our podcast on social media. Now let's take a minute to introduce ourselves before we get started. To my left, we have... Debbie Leslie. I am the resource teacher here at Golter School. This is my 10th year here, and I believe I've been on the ESD committee for almost all of those 10 years. My name is Mark Talbot. I'm the head custodian here at Golter. I've been here for almost two years, and they just recruited me to the ESD committee. <laughs> my name is Kimmery Lees, and I teach grade four here at Golter School. This is my fifth year at Golter School, and before that, I taught at Oak Lake Community School, where I had opportunities to implement ESD projects in addition to what we do here at Golter. And I'm Will Noseworthy, the principal at Golter School. I've been involved um, with ESD for, I'm not ex exactly sure how long, but I have been at Golter since uh, 2010 as a teacher and now the administrator. Um, we're really excited to be here today to talk to you a little bit about ESD and all of the wonderful things we are accomplishing here at Golter School. So maybe we can start off with a definition of what ESD is. Would anyone like to contribute? I have one handy here. Um, so according to the Canadian Commission for UNESCO, the role of ESD is to help people develop the attitudes, skills, perspectives, and knowledge to make informed decisions and act upon them for the benefit of themselves and others now and in the future and to act upon those decisions. I would add to that sometimes when, we'll, we, when we do an assembly for True Colors Day, I introduce it as uh, in kid terms, K to four terms, how we can better take care of ourselves, each other, and our earth. And that kind of sums it up in kid friendly language. Perfect. Kind of gives us a framework of where we're coming from. So, um, through this definition of ESD, we've taken on a lot of wonderful projects here at the school, as I said before. So, let's take some time to maybe talk about some of the things that we've done and how we've contributed to ESD in the building and how we're getting our students involved. Well, maybe um, we would start by saying that um, our school, I believe it was 2015, we applied for EcoGlobe schools and we were um, granted the action level. There are three levels, awareness, action, and transformational level. And so our goal really has been to keep propelling forward to work towards that transformation level. Um, Kimberly and I did take a look at the criteria and we feel like we're not quite there yet um, due to some of the challenges um, of COVID, but we can maybe chat about that later. Um, can I maybe start then with one thing that I'm quite passionate about? Absolutely. Which would be True Colors Day. So that this started, I'm not exactly sure, maybe eight or so years ago. And it really was just a day that we designated for kids to learn about all different ESD topics to have kind of hands-on experiences with them. And we, we did it as a format in multi-age groups so that kids could get out of their classrooms, um, work amongst um, other kids in other classes. And they would basically cycle through seven ESD stations or presentations. Um, we did add in 
uh, seven rainbow colored t-shirts. That was a nice addition a few years ago. And essentially we try to kind of stick with the ESD pillars. Uh, we mostly have stuck with um, environment, cultural diversity, human rights, peace, health, both physical and mental. And can, we try- Sorry, can I just interrupt? Sure. Have we, did we tie this in with, with Earth Day perhaps? Was that how we kind of got started? Was that kind of that, that stepping stone and we wanted to expand that? I, I think it might've been, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure. I do know that they happen sort of around the same time of the year. We tend to do True Colors Day in the spring. And so we're often infusing those um, topics. Um, some of the, I had a chance to go back and look at some of the True Colors sessions we've done in the past. And it's, it's actually quite remarkable, the different presenters we've had and the opportunities we've given kids. We try to do multimodal activities, so they're busy, not just sitting listening. So we've done art, music, movement, uh, literature, exploring, planting, creating, um, eating. Um, we've done sessions, uh, for example, where we taught kids um, goalball, which is a Paralympic sport played by athletes with a visual impairment. Um, we've had our nature wagon and, and Kimmery leading a micro hike where kids are out there on this designated piece of grass and they're using a magnifying glass recording observations from their environment. Um, we've had Wawapi design, Dakota designs by Morley Taylor. We've had Power Pebbles by Joanna Watt where the kids are making affirmation stones. One of our favorites was Whimsy the Dog came with Leslie Braybrook to taught us how to care for a pet. Uh, Whimsy is um, a therapy dog that Leslie had for many years. Um, Dakota Dancing, Dreamcatchers, Planting Flowers. We've done uh, very awesome books, If the World Were a Village. I think you and I did that one together. I remember that one, yeah. You did one where um, every kid did a thumbprint uh, we made a Canadian flag out of their thumbprints. Um, and that's up in the hallway at the school. It greets way. people when they come oh, into our building. It, it yeah. does. And actually, uh, the icing on the cake was um, yesterday we had the opportunity to gather at to gather at Victoria Park with Devin Caldwell leading um, our first True Colors Day session, actually, since 2019. And the first whole in-person, as a group, Walter School um, activity since 2020 and uh, Devin we put on our t-shirts and Devin used a rainbow theme to have students um, do a yoga beautiful yoga practice the sun was shining and it was actually quite a magical um, afternoon so so Deb um, being involved and in, I know a lot of us around the table have been involved now with true colors in many different ways what do you think are some of the successes and what have been some of the challenges <clears throat> well uh, one of the challenges would just be like, you know, we would, uh, money, <laughs> because of course we want to give, we don't, when we first started, we had teachers running the sessions, but it was really hard for teachers to teach and run their groups around. Um, and also we wanted to kind of expand and have other um, people in the community in the surrounding area to kind of share their knowledge and expertise. Sometimes it's nice to uh, be a part of that. So I guess just coming up with the different sessions and having accessibility to have people come in our building. Uh, COVID kind of halted almost all of our um, True Colors plans and activities. For sure. COVID has been challenging to uh, so many different things over the last couple of years, even something as uh, as 
as mm -hmm. personal as True Colors Days was affected. So uh, One quick success is that if you tracked the attendance level of kids on that day, it was always near perfect, if not perfect attendance, because kids really enjoyed it, and they were joyful and exhausted by the end, as were the teachers. <laughs> um, if I could share a success that I, that I noticed throughout the years was I always appreciate how True Colors Day is very inclusive. It celebrates our diversity in yeah. this building, and it includes everyone, no matter their ability no matter their background, um, no matter where they're from. So it's just a beautiful thing to, to model with kids and to uh, have our staff demonstrate and share that with our, our students. So that's a success that I've seen. How about you, Kimri? Have you noted any successes that are a little different to what we've talked about? As far as uh, ESD true or True Colors? Sure. Oh, just, you know, as a staff member who joined the, the faculty at Golter once True Colors Day had already been well established, I was just blown away at how well organized it is, how enthusiastic the adults and children in the building were about it coming up, and just, just the diversity of the workshops. Like every year, it's a new set of workshops, and and every year, just the, the collaboration within the community, the, the talents amongst the staff that... that comes to light on True Colors Day that it's, it's very special and when it's done yes everybody's exhausted but it's a good exhausted we all feel like we've participated in something important and something that's bigger than ourselves. Fantastic let's pull Mark into this conversation you talked about bring, bringing in uh, a variety of different uh, sessions and there's always something new and different so Mark you've taken on a, a pretty big project here for ESD and I think our True Colors Day will link into all of this and a lot of our activities will start to be uh, based around your big project. And what is your big project? Well, my big project is we're starting a school garden here at Golter School. It came about fairly quickly, I think. I had a quick little conversation with Will about what we were planting in the front garden, not knowing that it was already dedicated to medicine wheel. So I talked to some of the staff around and they all seemed pretty interested that it would be a good fit for Golter School. And we were off to the races. So what were some of the successes uh, or the challenges with this program, for well, this project? We'll go with the challenges first. Weather this year was a fairly big challenge. You're hoping to get started a little bit earlier, but the snow just wouldn't stop falling for us. And I think for myself, not being a teacher is a little bit of a challenge because I got plans as to what I would do with the garden, but not being there with students. You know, trying to convince teachers on how to teach is not my, <laughs> my cup of tea, so... Maybe I'll be, I'll, be, you know, I'll be there for guidance if they need some, some guidance on where to go with this garden project. I, I think we've realized that we do have some expertise with your gardening background. <laughs> yes. And we definitely appreciate that, that you are able to bring that into that, that project. So, and yeah. this classroom teacher this... will definitely be looking to you for some advice and expertise. That, that's all good. That's all good. <laughs> yeah. this, this class, this teacher uh, asks uh, expert advice after hours. And we have uh, often have conversations after school when he's cleaning up about uh, gardening and canning and preserving yeah. topics. Mm -hmm. So the, the medicine wheel garden is more um, ornamental in that it's flowers that uh, is, yes. planted and the garden that um, the garden project that that you got started with the idea is more for food isn't it? It will be yeah and that's going to go towards I think some of our healthy snack programs and letting kids know where food really comes from I think will be a great benefit to a to all kids to learn in the future. 
How have we done with sponsorship and uh, grants? That's been going well so far. We, like I said, we just started this program this spring. We sent some letters off early in the spring, and so far the community stepped up quite big with, well, just over $4,000 raised already for a garden between the community and some grants we've received. ESD played a big part in that with their donation of $750 also. So that was a nice little bump up to our, or start to our campaign. Yeah, that ESD committee and uh, yeah, kind of advocating for some dollars there for projects mm -hmm. at the school-based level is a fantastic way to get some funds to start off projects. It sure is. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I'm just going to segue back to Kimri for a bit. We're talking about how um, our uh, True Colors Day has led to new initiatives. And one of the new initiatives in our building was the, uh, the, the carts, our, our learning carts. Do you want to talk a little bit about those? Certainly. So the Nature Wagon is one of our um, learning carts, and we have a True Colors cart as well. But um, Debbie can speak more to the True Colors cart, and I'll, I'll talk about the, the Nature Wagon. Um, so... One of the things I love so much about teaching is that we, we collaborate with each other. Um, when teachers come together, they talk about projects that have worked well in their buildings and uh, we share I, our ideas. So at one of our divisional ESD committee meetings, Oak Lake Community School brought its nature wagon to share as an idea with other schools. And our school committee thought that it was a really great idea and thought that Golter could put one to good use too. So the wagon and teaching materials were purchased with grant funds supplied by the Fort LaBosse ESD committee. And part of our school plan is for teachers to access the wagon as they implement ESD in their classrooms throughout the school year. So we introduced the um, Nature Wagon in 2018 at True Colors Day, and I was asked to do a session with the Nature Wagon, and it was really fun. It was really cold, though. Um, I remember that year. Yes, I was adamant that the nature wagon was a teaching tool to primarily take outside and we were going to do this session outside so if i can bundle up the kids can bundle up and i think it even snowed that day <laughs> i remember the kids being cold after doing their 130 yeah. minute session but you had to do seven in a row i did i was out there all day i was bundled up and you know what i loved it i love being outside it's personally one of my favorite things to do is to be outside so it was a great day teaching um, out there and you just you dress for it and that's the nice thing about the nature wagon is that it's full of tarps it's full of things that are meant to be taken outside to support teaching outside and Golter School has some great outdoor classroom areas and so we set it up uh, you know the kids sat on tarps so they wouldn't get too wet and we had a tarp above one of the pergolas and and it was an outdoor adventure uh, so the wagon houses all the items necessary for classrooms to conduct their cross-curricular themes through the exploration of nature. So examples are tarps, blankets, Kleenex for those runny noses, binoculars for kids to look at what's in the trees that are across the schoolyard, magnifying glasses, clipboards, colored pencils, field guides, and books, lots of books. There are nature-themed storybooks, math books, science books, and teacher's guides. So as far as practicality, I like to keep things organized and we have storage baskets inside the wagon space so that it's not just a, a catch-all, that things are organized by their types of material, uh, types of materials. So things are compartmentalized. We've customized the resources to support K-4 learning. We're a K-4 school, so what's in the nature wagon is appropriate to our learners. And over the years, teachers have added interesting bits and pieces 
So there's some beaver chewed sticks, rocks, bird and wasp nests, even a snakeskin shed, and things are in, in, in plastic bags. <laughs> we labeled the resources with stickers so that they're easily identified as belonging to the nature wagon because some teachers will just borrow a couple of items here and there and then return them to the wagon. So the sticker shows that it belongs to the nature wagon and can be returned when people are done with it. The wagon's on wheels, obviously. It can be wheeled throughout the school, indoors and outside. Um, as I'd mentioned, we have some nice outdoor learning spaces at Golter and bringing the wagon supports the teachers when they take instruction outside. It also travels beyond the school grounds into the community spaces as well. So some things to think about, whether they're challenges or successes, just things to think about. The wagon needs to be stored in a central location, easily accessible to all the teachers. We primarily use the wagon outdoors in the fall and spring months, but the resources are accessed all school year. The nature wagon investment is about $500 to $700. And someone needs to keep track of the items and add to the wagon from time to time. It's a good idea to designate a staff member as steward of the nature wagon. And in our building, that's me. And the wagon just uh, is a wonderful resource that helps support ESD goals and connects kids with nature. And, um, you know, when the students see that wagon rolling through the hallway, they their faces light up. They love it. It means that there's something fun around the corner. So. Something taking them outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of leads us into another area of our building, and that's our, um, our Golter School Medicine Wheel Garden, another outdoor space that could be used for learning. Um, I was able to to um, kind of see this project um, to fruition. Um, my predecessors had started this project, so Amy Schiltroth and Donelda Whelans. And um, our Medicine Wheel Garden that's located at the front of our building, I think if anything, is creating a welcoming space for, for all people who come to visit our school. Um, personally, I think the biggest uh, role that it plays is um, kind of in that area of truth and reconciliation. We're just trying to honor our families that are connected to the school, our families from our Indigenous communities, um, in particular Chinupawakpa. So there's a lot of significance to the medicine wheel and we've kind of designed a garden that has the four quadrants. And uh, Mark actually put in some new signage just recently. I did, I attempted on Friday, but the rain postponed some of it. Yeah. So uh, we're looking forward to having that new signage in each of the beds and these students will be uh, heading out shortly to plant some seedlings and uh, we'll be adding a little bit of uh, other uh, planting materials as time and weather permits. So basically, I'll just invite the rest of the people sitting around today with me to ask me some questions about the medicine wheel garden and I'll see if I can answer them to the best of my ability. Well, I remember it was so exciting when it was finally being installed. And how many years did Golter School from, from the initial concept to fundraising to finally laying the bricks and building mm -hmm. the garden. How long did it take, approximately? Yeah, I, I looked back in some files and I think it was at least five years of fundraising and then the project started. So um, it, it took yeah. quite some time to accomplish that. When you start working with masonry and things like that and landscapers, you need to have significant funds and you need to have realistic timelines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I would ask a question, Will. <clears throat> it's beautiful. It's so welcoming. It's so inclusive. Um, how do you envision it moving forward as um, as a learning tool and a uh, connecting to curriculum tool and, and who can support that part of it? 
Absolutely. I, I feel that we have, um, again, when we talk about expertise, we talk Mark being an expert in the area of gardening. We're fortunate enough to have um, Linda Eastman as our Dakota teacher. I think that is a natural bridge of how to use that space. Mm -hmm. And I'm also very um, um, feeling very positive about the connections that we've made through our, our, our Knowledge Keepers and Elders program that we're currently piloting here in the building, that that could be another way of making those connections. There's a lot of significance in the social studies curriculum and the science curriculum for our students K to four. And I would hope it would just become kind of an outdoor learning space where you can just move your class out there and maybe use the medicine wheel garden or uh, read a story or, or conduct some sort of experiment or do any part of, uh, of a regular day just inside that space. It's just a beautiful, welcoming space, as you mm -hmm. said. That's exciting because when I, when I think about like the criteria moving forward to get to that transformation level, and I think about just where we want to go as a school, really, um, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like interdisciplinary. It sounds like very value-based. It sounds um, like infused into everything and not necessarily, True Colors is nice, but it's one day and they're sort of one-off events. But really the, the ESD and its best practice is, is happens every day, right? In what we do all the time. Infused across infused. the curriculum right. throughout the day. Making our world mm -hmm. and earth a better place for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of these projects that we've undertaken are doing just that. As we add more into our, into our community, our school community, and onto our grounds, you know, and I love the connection to um, other parts of our community. We've had donations come and businesses that are, are, you know, supporting this project. We're just creating that environment uh, and that, that sense of belonging and taking care of each other. So it all kind of links back. All of these projects are all like kind of intertwined uh, with that goal of uh, ESD, taking care of ourselves, each other, and the planet. And that's one thing I noticed also when we we're starting our seeds for the medicine wheel, how many kids knew the four colors of the medicine wheel? I'm not sure how many schools would be able to get that concept of you know, kids knowing what the four colors are, not being Aboriginal. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the significance, yeah, beyond those colors with um, the, the directionality of the garden and what each mm -hmm. part of that means. I know there's a whole they, kind they of know seasonal. They do the colors. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We'll yeah. get there one day. Well, that was, Next steps. That yes. was important to us as, um, you know, the, the medicine wheel garden was installed. And then and then beyond that, we, in, we installed with some grant money automatic irrigation. So that during the summer, the community could enjoy the garden and not, you know, we don't have to worry about watering the flowers that they, they stayed alive and beautiful all summer with that automatic irrigation, but also the signage mm -hmm. to, to really reinforce the significance of the, the four quadrants and the colors and the directions so that, you know, maybe people who aren't as familiar with what a medicine wheel is, they can stop and they can learn about it and, and the signage supports that piece as well. And Linda had helped us with with the language piece because there's many Dakota words in the signage. Yeah. It's been a successful project that has taken many years and I know we will continue to reap the benefits. So as I look forward to the coming months and years, I'm very excited to see some of the things we had to abandon during the pandemic being able to be brought back. Um, just quickly things like um, our dishes perhaps where we were washing, uh, using dishes rather than disposable, just little things like that and connections with community and having presenters in, we didn't have access to in the recent past, but that we'll have moving forward.
Then I got a question for our senior members. Like, how can other schools use ESD inside their school if they're not using the program already? Of places where to start, yes. I think for sure, is um, having active membership on our divisional ESD committee. Uh, we have some schools that are represented and some schools that aren't. That's a fabulous place to kind of meet and connect. And you learn a lot about um, different ways of accessing resources and grants. Someone has an idea and they share it at that meeting and then mm -hmm. on and on it goes from there. And Manitoba Education also has a website for it's just education for sustainable development. If you uh, just Google that, you'll you'll find and there's a lot of resources on there as well. And even curricular connections across, you know, science, social studies, health and phys ed, you know, there are direct curricular outcomes that are listed on some charts. So it gives a great definition. There's resources, there's links to other websites. Uh, there's so many organizations that support ESD in classrooms. So really it's just narrowing it down to what you think the immediate needs or concerns are in your building and then focusing on, you know, maybe one small project to get you started and then adding to that as you move forward with ESD. <laughs> that sounds good. Possibilities are limitless. <laughs> well, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us today on Teach Like a Boss, our podcast. And we, again, um, encourage you to like us and rate us on your podcast app and share our podcast with anyone that you'd like on social media. So uh, from Golter School, we wish you a great day and all the best. And let's take care of ourselves, each other, and the earth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Any of the resources or information mentioned in this podcast can be found in this episode's show notes, available at www.flbsd.mv.ca forward slash podcast. Join us next time as real teachers continue to share their journeys and inspire you to teach like a boss. <laughs>